This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hello, everyone. My name is Erin Trelore, and I am the host of Raw Beauty Talks. We're taking you behind the highlight reel of the world's biggest influencers and wellness gurus to get a raw glimpse of what beauty, health, and wellness look like in today's world so that you can feel your absolute best in your body and in your life. Raw community, we are in for a treat today. Elise Joan is joining me. She is a Beachbody super trainer and the creator of the innovative hit program, Bar Blend. Elise, I first heard about you from one of my girls who's in my program, The Shift. And I was asking them, who would you love to see interviewed? And she was like, it's got to be Elise. She was like, she is my hero. She has like saved me. She is the most inspiring, motivating, but like just knows how to bring out the best in people. And yet she's like, she doesn't even know me, but you know, she's just such a a huge advocate for the work that you're doing. And I know that so many other people are, you have a cult following. You are like, no, but I'm excited to hear it. (laughs) Yeah. You, I mean, you've been doing this work for a really long time and I want to talk about your journey into training and teaching and mindfulness and yoga and all the things that you encapsulate in your work. But I'm also really excited to dive into a conversation that women have been asking for over and over and over again. And I just hadn't found the right person to talk about it which is your journey with infertility and motherhood and all of these pieces. So thank you for joining me today on the show. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. And I love hearing that about your friend. You know, I've been uh, teaching in this way, which is kind of authentically uh, leading with my heart since I went through a very challenging divorce when I was very young in my twenties, I started shifting my teaching, whether it was yoga or fitness or bar from trying to be perfect all the time and always appearing like I have everything together to actually vulnerably sharing. Here's some things that helped me, you know, in this time of breakup. So I I tend to specialize in women going through challenging things, whether it's breakups, infertility, you know, feeling empowered as a mom, all these kind of different things, because look, we all have these experiences. And I feel like the people that inspire me most are the people who share their challenges as much or more than they share their successes. Yes. I mean, I'm here for it. This is what we're all about here is celebrating those successes, but also acknowledging that (laughs) I watched a, a documentary randomly on Garth Brooks the other day, and he said, everything in life is both a blessing and a curse. We meet that person that we're with forever. And while there's so many blessings, obviously, within that, there's things that you also, quote unquote, sacrifice when you're going to kind of continue in a partnership with someone. Your career grows. Blessing, of course, but like a lot of stress and overwhelm comes with that. Motherhood, same sort of thing. So I love that you have so vulnerably opened up and shared both your blessings and your curses. Thank 
you. Well, I mean, I think it's really a matter of perspective, right? We can view challenges as opportunities, especially like now in the world we're living in now. You know, you either look at these obstacles and these, I love that you, you know, use the word shift in your work because I really do think this is obviously a global shift that's happening. That's reality. But it's also an opportunity to shift within us. How do we perceive this? Is this an obstacle that's the end and we are mourning the old way? Or is it an opportunity to kind of shift our perspective, up-level the work we do, change it to adapt to create a new and better world? And I think that the blessings and curses are are kind of interchangeable. There's a great quote that I love and I think you would appreciate. It is, uh, sometimes not getting you what you want is actually the greatest blessing because we don't always know what's best for us. And in my experience, some of the greatest triumphs of my life have come from the biggest challenges or the, or things that were, could have been perceived as, as devastations. Yes. And it's so hard to remember that and recognize when you're in it, like when you're in the divorce or when you're in the injury or when trying to get pregnant and it's not working. But as you said, if you can remain strong and keep moving forward. That's how we get to that next piece. I absolutely love that. So talk to us a little bit about how you got to this place where you are now, where you have, you do have this cult following. You have people who absolutely love and adore you. You are transforming lives and women's relationships with movement and exercise. Was this always the plan? No, as as life has it, you know, it's been a very long and winding journey to get here. And first, I'd love to like address anyone in my cult following. Thank you so much for being here for it. Um, Like your friend shared, oh, I feel like we're connected and she doesn't even know me. I actually feel very deeply connected to my community doing bar blend or finding me on Instagram. I read the DMs. I watch the stories. So I do feel connected with my community and I'm, I'm honored to be creating change that goes so far beyond flat abs and great butts. Like you get those things at the end of the day, fitness, like the program's going to deliver those things for me. It's the least interesting part. (laughs) Very roundabout journey. How I got here was based on a couple big life altering challenges. Just a little bit of a background. I was born in New York City. I love the vibrant electric energy of the city. My parents are PhDs and law degrees. They were at Columbia at the time. So they're highly academic people. And they were gifted with this very emotional kind of spiritual child. (laughs) They're very (laughs) cerebral. And I was very emotional and sensitive. What's really cool, I think we learned a lot from one another. And they never thwarted my creativity, you know, um, which is great, but, you know, I was kind of planning on following their path. So my, and I grew up dancing with the Virginia ballet company, which is how I found my love of movement. I remember when my mom first put me in ballet class, I think the right teacher found me and she was my first teacher. This is even before kindergarten, right. That I was put in dance class. And I think, you know, when it all comes down to it, it's one of the things that inspired me she didn't start the class with teaching us first position and second position and third position and being, you know, very balletic and regimented. She started class by turning on music and saying, express yourself. And I just remember being like, this is where I've always belonged, you know, and just like dancing around the room, not regimented, not trying to make us be something we're not. And I love that. And I think that's been at the heart of my life and my love of movement. So I did that. I never really had the body type or the flexibility to go into it professionally. I did dance with the Virginia Ballet Company in high school. A lot of them did go on professionally. I was pursuing my plan to go to medical school because, you know, I growing up in my family, like, you know, if you finish after college, it's like dropping out after junior high, you know, there's just which ongoing degree. Uh, and I landed at William and Mary, which has an amazing 
liberal arts program and I auditioned for Guys and Dolls, uh, which was the musical. And I fell in love even more with theater. And that's where I learned to sing. I learned different kinds of movement, different kinds of dance, which was very exciting. And I started having less and less excitement for moving on to the medical profession, though I always loved human anatomy, the biology and physiology of the body. Wasn't so much into the whole, like, let's go the dissecting cadavers route. So I kind of pivoted and formed my parents, you know, I'm not going to be a doctor. Instead, I'm going to move to New York and be a Broadway star, you know, so... You can imagine, you know, I was 21 years old when I graduated, William and Mary, and my parents were like, ah, you're going to move to New York and like everyone wants to be a star. Like, how is this going to happen? You know, but they supported me, not financially. They're like, good luck with that. And I went to New York and I loved every moment of pounding the pavement and auditioning. I got some some good breaks early on. My first was an off-Broadway musical called Smile, which interestingly enough was about um, a high school beauty pageant. And I played the winner of the beauty pageant, Sandra K. McAfee, which was hilarious because I'd only ever been kind of bullied in junior high school for being supremely nerdy with my braces and my glasses. So this was kind of like a moment wow. where I'm like, oh, I'm beautiful, you know, and other people think I'm beautiful. Isn't that an interesting dichotomy. But the other part of that was that the show is kind of about the emptiness of physical beauty if it's not accompanied by inner beauty, right? So this kind of theme always has kind of followed me along and ended up um, having a great career in musical theater. I can maybe see behind me my poster of Ann-Margaret. I did um, Best Little Whorehouse in Texas with Ann-Margaret. I got to do Some Like It Hot with Tony Curtis. Got to doing Broadway tours and it was awesome. And I was so excited. This was like all I wanted since I was, you know, could remember just movement and dance. I didn't think it was really a career, you know, but Then uh, in the middle of a show I was doing, I ended up really struggling vocally, went to the doctor and found out that I had a career ending vocal injury, which was prenocular polyps that became vocal nodes. And in New York, and this is in the early 2000s or mid 2000s by now, you know, you have to be a triple threat. There's no such thing as being just a dancer or just a singer. You have to be actor, singer, dancer, and there are 500 people or more who look just like you, equally or more talented, all going up for it. So in one doctor's visit, after that, I never performed on stage again. That was the end of my career. I was choosing between a very, very dangerous and precarious vocal surgery. Some people may know if you know Julie Andrews had went through the surgery and really lost her speaking voice for a long time. It was very dangerous. So I decided to go the holistic route, which was two months complete vocal rest which means I had to, if I wanted to go to Starbucks, I had to write on a whiteboard. So this was devastating for me in many ways. <laughs> Number one, my career was over. Okay. That was a lot to process as a 28 year old um, who worked so hard to get to this point where I was finally working regularly. And then number two, I literally had no voice. So that did a couple things. It really taught me to listen, which I think is one of the things that I love about teaching online and with the Beachbody community is that I hear everyone, I watch the stories, I absorb it. I hear what women in particular, that we do have some amazing men doing bar too, but what they resonate with, what's powerful for them. And I'm able to incorporate that. It's how I found yoga. Actually, I couldn't go to dance classes anymore. I just knew too many people and you couldn't not talk. So I found a yoga studio. I I got, it was a hundred dollars back then, $100 for three months, unlimited yoga. (laughs) Wow. Now that would get you like two classes. I I found it. I came to the mat and I just just cried and cried and cried my way through my first class, realizing that in addition to the physical strength of this practice, 
the emotional release. You know, I started practicing. The owner of the studio was like, you seem to have like a real love of this practice. We could use more teachers like you. And this is, mind you, I'll remind you, this is before yoga was cool. This is right. before, no Facebook, no Instagram, you know, and the owner was like, I think, you know, if I certify, if I put you through teacher training, would you teach some of our unpopular class times, which is like five <laughs> in the morning in New York city, three buses later, you're up at like three fifteen. So, like, so I'll get, I'll get certified and I'll commit to doing that, you know, and, and let's just see how this goes. When I told my family, friends, this is when people were like, oh, are you like joining a commune? Are you in a cult? Like you're only going to eat kale and like never shave your armpits again. Like yes. this, but now you hear yoga teacher and people think sexy bikini clad backbending, totally. you know, back <laughs> then it was like, you're a freak, but I just disregarded it because I loved every moment of training. It kind of brought in my interest in human physiology. We had to study anatomy, biology, all of those things. So I, I loved it. I started teaching at first. I was, you know, like I shared, just kind of trying to be perfect and have all the right quotes and say all the right things and give all the right alignment. And, and it was great. And then I, that's, I led me to bar, which was natural with my ballet background and my love of movement. So that's kind of how I started teaching and I fell in love with it. Then about two years, three years into teaching, I had married the star of one of the shows I was in and I was the chorus girl and disregarded everyone else's opinions. I'm like, oh, but he's dark and brooding and rides motorcycles and has tattoos and you just don't understand how deep he is, you know? And it turns out it really wasn't, but that's his story. I'll let him share. But, um, you know, he, he did have some issues, you know, and, and therapy and things wasn't helping. And it just, yeah. it was literally crushing the marriage was crushing me, crushing my soul. He had an alcohol problem and a, and a lot of other things. The hardest thing is, do I, you know, I can, I believe in commitment. I upheld all my vows. Yeah. Do I stay in this because I should, or yeah. are we both going to sink? And and I need to, you know, cut Hold the shoot. You know, did that lost everything financially started over again at 30. That was very challenging. And, and I never missed a class. I like woke up and it turns out about six months later when it really hit me, I went kind of on an exploratory eat, pray, love trip around the world. It's like very basic, but that's what I did. But in the meantime, I never missed a class, but I would go in and teach. And I would say, honestly, today was a hard day. I woke up crying. I'm feeling this. This is something that helped me. And that's kind of what started that journey. And, you know, then I taught, loved it, got discovered by Beachbody. I did the yoga programming for them. And then, you know, Beachbody's very results oriented. So the yoga programming wasn't as popular with the demographic because they like more, you know, hardcore workouts. So I didn't really do much with Beachbody for about three or four years. And then I was like, okay, well now might be a good time to have a baby. That's kind of, you know, when the first, and I know we'll talk about it later, but yeah. you know, I, I did all of the things, the acupuncture, the holistic approach, the changing the diet, the changing my workouts, like creating this safe space at this point, I'm in my late thirties, you know, anyway, uh, we ended up then finally, you know, taking the steps that brought us to IVF, which did not work. And I was actually told after our first round of IVF that I was infertile, like that it wasn't like me doing it again was likely not to help. And it was nothing I did wrong. It's just, you know, by this point, I'm 40. It's, you know, biological, it's just wasn't happening. Wait, um, hold on. Hold on. Are you telling me you're 40? You're 40. Oh, I'm 41 now, but that's our 42 now. But yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Thank you, you. For I'll those who are listening right now, you can't see her. She looks like she's about 25. <laughs> it's the joyfulness and the bar blend and all you of that. Are that like, glowing. Thank you. Well, that's also the company, which is great, right? Like oh. you bring out that energy. But, um, you know, right after that news, 
and that felt very devastating. And we'll talk about that later. And, and I, I didn't know that I would ever share it. I never told any of my friends I was going through the fertility. I barely told my sister and my sister-in-law because I didn't want the judgment. And I was sure it was going to work. And I, you know, all of these things that we all make decisions. And anyway, that was another opportunity. I'm like, okay, I can let this like crush me and decide this is the end of my dreams, or I can do something. And what is that thing that I want to do. And I decided I could nurture in different ways. And that is creating really uplifting personal development and movement programs specifically designed for women and people who are interested in more than just the physique. So now I didn't know how to do this. So I figured I'd just do it on my own. So I just kind of started doing this. And then I got a call from Beachbody from a producer, Lisa, who's amazing. And she's like, Hey, um, you know, I've gotten your name from a lot of people because we want to do a bar program. And I've heard that you might be the right person to talk to. And anyway, that evolved into literally giving birth to bar blend, which was the joy of my life. And then now on Monday, I'm actually launching. And a lot of people think this is interesting. And I think it's so miraculously life taking care of itself. I'm launching pre and postnatal bar blend, which is specifically designed for women going through this beautiful process. And I feel like it's the culmination of what I really want, which is to help other women shape the next generation. It's my way of paying it forward and realizing that, you know, when one door closes, an amazing door opens. And I just, and it make me emotional a little bit. I just hearing what you're saying about your friend and hearing that from so many thousands of women experiencing empowerment, overcoming depression, battling through anxiety, getting out of abusive relationships, all of these things that bar blend helped them do. For me, that's worth all the six packs in the world, you know, and they also have those, which may be part of the confidence, but <laughs> But I'm really excited about this new program and helping moms in particular feel their best. And I really believe, you know, and this is so parallel with your work that when you love yourself, you only want love for others. And when you experience joy and you're able to rise into that, you're able to share joy and inspire joy in others. And, and that's really kind of what these programs are about. I have full body goosebumps, like full body goosebumps listening to you talk about the birth of this new program that you've created and how as one door closed, you're still showing up in a way that is going to impact the next generation over and over and over again by giving moms uh, self-esteem and confidence. And it's not about the six pack at the end of the day. It's about how you feel in your body and knowing that you're strong and knowing that you are taking care of yourself. And I mean, I see it in the work that I do as well. What that provides for women, it does span through generations. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals for a second. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that really don't help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversation, and Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teachings so you're ready to practice what you learned in the real world. If you're heading to another country, 
country anytime soon, start using Babbel a few weeks before you go to learn basics like how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants without having to consult language apps while you're away. So fun. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash raw beauty talks. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line founded by the fabulous Jennifer Aniston. Jen got tired of the same old struggle we all face, choosing between hair products that work and ones that are actually good for us. With Lola V, that dilemma is history. We all put our hair through the ringer. That's why it's crucial to have products that not only repair the look of the damage, but also shield your locks from future harm. Enter Lola V's bestsellers, the Glossing Detangler and the Perfecting Leave-In Conditioner. They're your hair's new best friend. For a limited time, you get 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com. Just use the code RAWBEAUTYTALKS at checkout. Lolavie is all about naturally derived plant-based goodness, no silicone, sulfates, parabens, or gluten, and of course, cruelty-free and vegan. That's 15% off your order at lolavie.com with promo code RAWBEAUTYTALKS. You can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Tell them I sent you over. Over. Pressing pause to chat with you about something that has been an absolute game changer in my life. You may have missed it, but a couple of months ago, I made a horrifying <laughs> discovery of a tampon that had been long forgotten, you know where. It was awful, but obviously I posted about it because I share everything with you girls. And I was absolutely shocked to find out that so many other women had had the same experience. So I obviously went looking for alternative solutions and I discovered Modi Body, a company that offers reusable period and incontinence proof underwear. At this point, you've probably heard about period proof underwear, but what I love about Modi Body is that they're the only brand with their own patented technology to ensure your safety. So there's no weird chemicals in the liners and they're 100% dependable. No leaks, eco-friendly, and cost-effective starting at only $19 a pair. Modibody is a no-brainer, ladies. No more missing tampons, okay? With tons of cute designs to choose from and sizes from 4XS to 6XL, it really is for everybody. Our friends at Modibody have kindly offered 15% off for a limited time when you use the code RAWBEAUTY at www.modibody.com. That's raw beauty at M-O-D-I-B-O-D-I.com. All right, let's get back to the show. I'm like so blown away by everything that you've created and all the energy that you bring to the world is absolutely amazing. One of the things Melanie mentioned that she loves most about your classes is that I don't know if it's one specific class, but that you will incorporate a mantra or an I am statement and you'll pick a word. And then from there, you will shape your class around this power statement, essentially. Where did the inspiration for that come from? And what does mantras and and I am statements and affirmations mean to you? 
Yeah, uh, so much. Actually, when I was going through my divorce, I really got in, in, I was reading a lot. I'm an avid reader in general, but I was reading Louise Hay and she has this affirmation practice. So this is, I was probably about 30 and I thought it was so ridiculous at first, but you're supposed to find an affirmation that speaks to you and look into the mirror and say an I am statement over and over and over every day for at least five minutes until you believe it. And on mine at the time was, I am courageous. I am courageous. I am courageous. At first I felt so ridiculous. I'm like, I can't believe I'm like looking in the mirror and talking to myself, but eventually it permeates your being. So I created a motivation deck of affirmation cards and it's a 60 day program. And basically what I did in creating them and that's every single class in Bar Blend starts with an affirmation, one from the deck. And there are days that I choose it very conscientiously, like on a core day, we choose I am centered. But there are days when I have someone in the cast or one of the camera crew, you know, feel something, have the deck, ask the deck something, pick a card, and then on the fly, we'll teach the class on camera. I don't use scripts. I don't use notes. I don't use bullet points. I'm so familiar with the program I created, and I have such an amazing team of people helping me practice it, run the test groups for it, so that when the cameras roll, I'm just able to be, and I don't see lights, and I don't see crew. I see the woman at home, the man at home, what do they need to hear to believe in this affirmation? So Barbon actually comes with that affirmation deck. And I love that your friend Melanie resonates with that because for me, it's just everything. I did one today this morning before coming on here and the affirmation was I am forgiving. And this is my sixth round doing the program. So I did test group and then I filmed it. And then of course, all the creation process before that. And then five full rounds with my people since it launched in January, because like, look, I'm in quarantine. I'm eating a bunch of stuff that's not what you would expect. In fact, like a couple nights ago, I'm embarrassed to say it, but I try to keep it real. I ordered Taco Bell. I had a week moment at like 9 p.m. You're I want to create a life of balance. I drink oh. my shakes every day. I drink my green juice and all of that, but I indulge as well. And this program, 30 Minutes a Day, has kept me like in peak form, which doesn't shock me because I created it, but still I'm like, Wow. But anyway, in the, in the workout today, you know, I am forgiving. It just reminded me, it's like, okay, we're all kind of dealing with challenges with the global pandemic, with things going on in the world, with hopefully contributing to curating positive change. Let's forgive ourselves that we can't do everything every day to everyone. And just these affirmations really, even my sixth time through the program, they take on a different meaning depending on what the day is or, or what you're going through. And for me, like you shared earlier, I've never known anyone that was unhappy, got a six pack and became happy. Six packs don't make you happy. Nope. Booties don't make you happy, but a strong core does and feeling elevated and lifted in your spirit does. And so kind of the class becomes a metaphor for these lessons. So it's, you're kind of getting personal development and maybe a little bit of emotional therapy while you're doing this incredibly hardcore work. And my goal is to have people smile and enjoy it, even though they're burning and like sweating from their <laughs> eyeballs, you know? So it, it's a great program. And, and the pre and postnatal will also have the affirmation elements reprogrammed purpose, of course, for, for pre and post. And then I'm releasing all 60 affirmation cards as three to five minute meditations as well on Beachbody. Wow. I absolutely, absolutely love it. And I'm so glad you shared about the Taco Bell piece, because I think when it comes to fitness and food for women, it is such a complicated relationship. And you've also 
touched briefly a lot on the pressures as women to be perfect, like to commit to the Beachbody program and to never miss a day and to like eat perfectly clean the whole time. And what I've found in my own journey and with the women that I work with is it's just not sustainable to do that. And it ends up resulting in a lot of shame and a lot of feelings of lack. So I am thrilled that Elise Joan just mentioned that she has Taco Bell and also green smoothies and also hard days and also good days. Yeah. Yeah. And also days that I, that I, you know, a lot of days when I don't feel like working out or coming to the bar are the days I do. I push play and I play these games with myself. I'm like, I'm just going to do the warm up. And if I do the warm up, I'll feel good. And that's better than nothing. I'm feeling good. Okay. I'm just going to do the gluteal work section and then I'll be done. I'm to 10 minutes, you know, and then suddenly you've done a half hour, you feel amazing. But there are days that I, I take conscious rest days. Bardwin has two built-in rest days where you do like roll and replenish and stuff. But yes. exactly what you said. And, and you know, this idea, and I, I, it's very rare that I meet, you know, I have my husband is awesome. He's like a tall, handsome dude. I've never seen him stand in front of a mirror and be like, does my belly look big in this? Or, oh my God, I can't believe I ate that last night. Or I wonder what they thought of what I said in the meeting today. Like not- What once. are these fine lines doing uh, coming in here? I, Why don't 11 in my forehead? Exactly. exactly. I've been like living with this man for six years. He is compassionate and wonderful. He is confident. And, I, and I'm not saying that there aren't men that, that deal with shame and, and, and these kind of yes. things. For women, it's- I feel like society puts so much pressure on it. You have to look perfect. You have to do all the feminine things. And then you have to be powerful, but don't be too masculine. And you have to be strong, but not too strong. And, you know, all of these things that it's an impossibility to live up to. And in my experience, similar to yours, overly regimenting your life, nutritionally, fitness-wise, to-do lists can be very detrimental. You know, lately, one thing I've been practicing is taking things off of my to-do list and cultivating a day where I feel successful by three, here's three non-negotiable things I want to get done today. One might be career oriented. One might be family oriented. If I do these three things, I'm going to celebrate my triumph. If anything else gets done, that's great. I think once we start to love ourselves as we are, even while we're evolving, that can be tricky to navigate, right? Because we all want to say, oh, well, if I love myself or if I'm happy with myself, then doesn't that mean I become complacent? No, it means that you're, we're all growing. We're all learning. I haven't made it through a day without making mistakes or falling down or accidentally upsetting someone, you know, um, and you can either ruminate on it and let it make you feel like a failure, or you just know that's part of life. I forgive myself. I love myself and I move forward with the best intentions, but just because I want to lose 10 pounds doesn't mean that I can't love my body and shouldn't love my body as it is, as you may have seen in my before and after pictures, I gained a lot of weight during fertility treatments. The first part of the weight was intentional because when you are, and this is something the, the barbell pre and postnatal and barbell proper are great for women trying to conceive because, you know, a lot of overworking out puts your body in good stress, but, but your body thinks, oh, I'm doing cardio and running. I must be running from tigers. Not a good time to have a baby. Like totally. Yes. Forget the biology of our body. So it's great for that. But yeah. So the first part of it was intentional. I had to shift from super working out to more gentle working out, but then with the hormone treatments and, and all of that. And then, you know, the sadness I went through and I did let myself mourn and feel it, the sadness after the fertility uh, treatments, because when I got, when I went through that divorce, I literally left one night and stayed in a hotel, never went back and didn't, and top four classes the next day. 
And I didn't feel the repercussions or let myself experience the grief until six months later when it, it hit me like a ton of bricks, which it's going to happen. You can suppress it and tell everyone and yourself you're okay. It's going to hit you. This time I learned, so I knew better. I gave myself time after the fertility treatments to just be and be sad. And part of my sadness also involved like endlessly watching, re-watching Game of Thrones with like a pint of Ben and Jerry's ice cream. So anyway, needless to say, I was about 16 or 17 pounds heavier and my muscles have kind of atrophied a bit. And I, it was, you know, I, I still loved different. my body. That's the thing. And that's what I had learned in that time. I posted my before picture. And when I posted, I was sure to say like, look, both of these bodies are beautiful. This body is designed to welcome in life, to curate a hospitable environment. And that was the goal of that body. This body is my postpartum blend, athletic, show up powerfully and have the energy to lead women body, right? They're both great. But when you have weight to lose, you want to lose it. But I think the first step, honestly, to losing weight, even when it's weight, you you, you should lose. Like I, you know, my doctor was like, now nah, you got to kind of lose at least 10 of these pounds to yes. for safety and stuff. I think the first step is appreciating your body. I never shamed my body. I would say, thank you for these strong legs. Thank you for this strong body. We're now transitioning to a different kind of body. And I think when you take out the shame around eating, the shame around what your body looks like, the shame around not working out seven days a week, your body goes with you instead of resisting you. And I think that that, that really translates. Oh, it's so powerful. And it is so spot on. Nobody ever sustainably loses weight or finds happiness and, and health and wellness within a body that has come from a place of shame. It's got to come from a place of self-love. And that feels hard because we're programmed to, to feel ashamed of ourselves and to feel not enough, but it is possible. It is 100% possible to shift exactly where you are right now into a place and the space of self-love. Before we dive into your fertility journey, because I have so many questions there, I just want to touch on a couple of really common sort of mindset pieces that I hear from women in regards to moving their body and exercising. And I want to put a disclaimer out there right now that for me, I believe that we've been taught that exercise has to look a very specific way. One hour, six times a week, you've got to be dripping with sweat. You've got to be moving the whole time and, and wanting to barf by the end of it. And that to me, I really had to work to change my perception of what movement and exercise needs to be in order for wellness. And for me that some days I need yoga because I'm anxious and my body's already too turned on. And some days I need to release energy and step into my strength. And I need that hardcore. I'm going to like almost make myself barf workout. But I think that there are so many sort of mindset games that women have to deal with in regards to healing their relationship with movement and exercise. One of the most common things I hear is I don't feel confident enough to do that class, to go to the gym yet. I want to walk and run by myself and do at-home workouts by myself before I join any of those things because I'm too ashamed. What are your thoughts for a woman who's at that stage? 
yeah, I have a lot of thoughts around it. And and this is one of the reasons I'm really passionate about at-home online workouts and creating them. You know, I I started teaching at Equinox, which is like the sexiest gym in the world in yep. Santa Monica, which is the sexiest location of Equinox in yep. the world. It is exclusive. It, everyone there is perfect looking. No one walks in in an outfit that's cost less than $200. I'm rolling in in my like old Navy pants. And well, I've, I've been in both worlds and I love that world. Equinox is great. You know, you get to work with people in person. But my passion is really that woman you're talking about. And I think that's one of the amazing things about at-home workouts, and Beachbody has so many, is that it gives you the opportunity to practice the self-confidence in your own home, practice the movements. Yoga in particular can be challenging for your first time to go to a live class because a lot of it is upside down. You're in down dog, you're in forward folds. So you need you would need to like look around and see it. And there's something beautiful about that. But um, there's also something that's you don't want, you want to lose the shame because you're amazing. If you're 20 pounds overweight, 50 pounds overweight, can't touch your toes. If you're going any to any studio or gym of value to any teacher of value, they're going to make you feel amazing. Now, that being said, unfortunately, just like in any profession, there's great teachers and there's not great teachers. And a lot of people, their first experience, a teacher is judgmental or critical or adversarial, you know, and they never go back. And I think that's really challenging. I hear stories like that, but I think working out at home is a great way to start to move your body, get comfortable with some of these moves, and then, you know, develop the confidence you need to go into a gym. Now, of course, you know, with gyms closing, there's not a lot of opportunity to be out in the gym. So, so home workouts take on a new importance, but that woman that you're describing, there's three women I have in mind. And this is why in bar blend, there's three distinct levels. There's a modifier and I built the program around the modifier, the mid-level, and then the intensifier. So the modifier, who is that? The modifier is my mom who's 70 and has had hip pain her whole life until doing this program. And her physical therapist is like, what have you been doing the past six weeks? It's better. You've made more improvements than the past several years of physical therapy. Okay. It's that woman you're talking about who doesn't feel confident, maybe can't touch her toes, definitely doesn't know the proper alignment for a squat or a plie or a pushup. I've got her covered. I cast in Barbland and in Barbland pre and postnatal the most aspirational person I could find as the modifier. In Barblon, it's this woman, Alessandra. She is maybe 26 years old. She is gorgeous. She is a professional dancer. She lost a ton of weight rocking the modifications. She makes you feel amazing modifying. It's one of the best feedback I get that I feel so strong when I modify. So those women, I've got them. I want them to come to Barblend. The affirmations, the feeling good, the support, they're like, hey, if you do one push up on your knees today, what (laughs) a great thing to celebrate. Then we've got the mid-level. That's probably, that's me. And that's, you know, Melanie and probably people who have experience with fitness, want to get, get fit, want that sweat and burn. Right. And then I have the intensifier. Who's the you on the day you want to barf where you, if you just want to like jump around and like work out, get your heart rate up till you puke, go with Jean. She's our professional dancer intensifier. We have a few. It's so intense actually that I had to hire four additional cast members to intensify because none of them could do it two days in a row. They're all 20 years younger than me, right? So they're like in their 20s and still needed days off, right? So the intensified versions are really to explore once in a while or maybe like the last four reps of something. I'll be honest, I got all of my results in the modified and mid-level options. So they're very effective. So I would say to that woman you're talking about, find a teacher that inspires you, find a a kind of movement you enjoy. Like 
I've tried all kinds of physical workouts. I've taught Schwinn cycling. I never loved cycling. I'm like, oh, my hip flexors. It's just not, it wasn't for me. Some people love cycling. So you find what you love. There's so many valuable kinds of movement. Move your body, find something you enjoy, find a community of people online or a cast of people that you resonate with and just practice having fun. You're in your home. Who cares if you're going the wrong way? Who cares if you're not on the tempo? Nobody is watching you, but you, you know? (laughs) I love it. Okay. The next one I have is I don't have time. Like between the kids and COVID and meal prep and work and getting to the office and my boss needs me here and I'm taking this extra course. Like I can't fit movement in. I want to, but I can't. Yeah. This is the one excuse that I just don't buy. Okay. I, I, you know, I work with moms. I mean, I have friends and bar blenders who have triplets, newborns, a career. They're the CEO of their own company. Their husband works with their single moms. There is no way that you cannot curate time. You need to wake up 20 minutes. And here's what's great about home workout. There's no commute. I do understand the time excuse if you're going somewhere and it's that studio schedule and you have to get a sitter and you have to drive there and park there and drive home. And and then at a one hour and you have to work out for an hour and that's a three and a half hour process. At Barbland, you wake up, you press play, 28 minutes later, you're done. You've got your cardio, you've got your strength, you've got all of that. Wake up 20 minutes earlier, 30 minutes earlier, find the time and curate the time. Like I always say that the time you spend doing bar blend is given back to you in at least threefold, meaning that that 30 minutes is going to give you more energy, more presence with your kids, more patience. So you're going to save time in arguing with your kids. You're going to save time arguing with your partner. You're going to save time. All of those thoughts that criticize yourself. How many times a day, if you don't work out in the morning or you know you're not going to work out in the evening, do you spend criticizing and belittling yourself for not working out? Just work out. You spend more than 30 minutes in those thoughts, but you do have to curate the time. I'm also busy and, you know, it's my life. So working out is part of my job. So I'm not really a great example, but when I need to prioritize something and sometimes it's just me time when my husband's still asleep, I set my alarm 30 minutes earlier. I go to sleep. I do a meditation so I can fall asleep well. You know, I've set myself up for sleeping success and there's a lot of ways to do that. And then you have to curate the time. No one has the time. You have to make the time and you are worth that investment. I completely agree. And it is setting aside that time intentionally and putting yourself higher on the list of to-dos at the end of the day. We are so good as women at taking care of everyone else and putting ourselves dead last. And so, I mean, I think that one of the things with movement and exercise is that while you're doing it, it can feel hard and it can feel challenging. And so we use our lack of time or resources as it's a bit of an excuse to, to avoid that discomfort that is required. But we have to remember that at the end, after it's done, we will feel so good. It's a little bit of short-term pain for long-term gain. And the reality is as soon as you're done the warm-up, like you're, enjoy- you're having fun and it's hard, but you're also like feeling good and you're there and you're in it and then it's over. That's exactly right. And and how great you feel after for the next 23 and a half hours of your day is completely worth. And, you know, it's, it's like with everything, you know, there's that favor, very famous saying, if it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that bar blend is not going to challenge you. You're going to get uncomfortable. Your legs are going to shake. You're going to sweat. You're going to need a shower afterwards, you know, <laughs> um, 
but these are things that are important, I think. And, and I think one of the, of the, another one of the feedback people give me is that they feel so strong doing this, that it has helped. Like one, I, I got an email the other day from a woman again, who I've never met, but is um, doing Barblan who said, Barblan helped me land my dream job. And I was like, wow, what a great introduction. Let me, and it's all about, she felt empowered. She's like, if I can do the narrow V and breathe through the shaking legs, I know I can do hard things. Now, after 60 days, I know my worth. I went in, I went into the interview with confidence. I went in as a totally different person than she was 60 days ago. These are things that doing Bar Blend, which I think is a very unique program out there because it's athletic. You can make it as accessible or as challenging as you want it to be based on the unique levels. It's fun and it will help you in all these other areas like you you just said. And I think that that's always a worthwhile investment in your kids or your family or whatever you are prioritizing is investing in yourself. Yes. Okay. The third objection that I hear is this deep rooted, it's often not at the surface, fear of failing fear that I'll do bar blend and I still won't have the confidence. I'll do bar blend and I won't stick with it. I'll do bar blend and my body won't change. And I think that this one is the one ultimately that sabotages the most women's commitment and ability to even try really starting movement or exercise routine. That, that is, I agree. It, it is that the fear of failing is intense and that goes back to the mindset, you know, and there's an, another famous saying, right. And these are like very cliched sayings, but they're cliched for a reason. And it's, if you think you can, or you think you can't, you're right. So if you create the mindset going into a program, oh, my body's not going to change. I'm going to hate this. It's going to be so hard. Then, then you're inviting that because where we give our energy and attention, we give power. That's where affirmations come in. It changes the chemistry of our brain. That's why the meditations I'm doing for the affirmations, they're only three to five minutes. You don't need long. You don't need 30 minutes of positive self-talk before you enter the, I'm going to give you 30 minutes of positive self-talk during the workout. I'm going to make the best possible use of your time, but you have to go into it with an open mindset. You have to tell yourself, I've got this. This is going to change my body. I am able to move through discomfort. I am going to love this. And I say that in, in when we're doing it, I, there are things I call it the arm party, because if you call it a party, people go into it. Oh my gosh, this is going to be so fun. Then when their shoulders burn and their tries burn and their biceps burn, they're like, Oh my gosh, I can't hold my arms up. They don't know because I've told them it's a party and their (laughs) mindset dictates their um, idea about it. And I think that's just a great metaphor for everything, whether it's workouts, if you go into a job interview thinking, oh, I'm never going to get this job. Look at all these people in the waiting room. They're probably more qual. All of that energy you're giving power to, and that is creating your reality. So you need to create a different reality and it starts with your mindset. Amazing. Okay. Slightly switching gears, but in line with mindset, I would love to talk about your fertility journey and the mindset struggle that that is. I mean, I've got right now a few girls in the program who are going through IVF, have experienced a miscarriage. I personally had two miscarriages in between James and Brooklyn. It is something that most women at some point will go through, whether that's fertility struggles, infertility, miscarriage, and yet it's not talked about that much. As you said, it sounds like you went through years of not talking about your experience because it's so hard. 
Yeah, that's exactly right. And there's a lot of pressure on women, right? And, you know, I didn't meet Nolan, my husband now, who's amazing and has completely repurposed my whole view of marriage, you know, compared to my last one, but I didn't meet him until I was in my second half of my thirties. So, but you know, there's always judgment. There's always other people being like, well, why haven't you had kids or you waited too long or I bet you prioritized your career. There's judgment, judgment, judgment all the time. Nobody knows the journey someone else is going through, but yeah. And, and here's, here was my breaking point about deciding to share it or not. I did check with Nolan, my husband, because it's his story too, you know, and, and he's a very private person. I am more comfortable sharing, right? Yeah. When I was going through it, I didn't see a lot of women speaking out about it. There were not a lot of women talking about, I mean, I think now it's becoming a little bit more people are sharing. And now we know with how common miscarriages are and how they don't mean the end of your fertility and, and how there are things you do and the beauty of adoption and all, all of these things. But I remember feeling pretty alone. And so when I talked with Nolan about possibly sharing it, I just was thinking there's so many women out there who may also feel shame around this, yeah. who may also feel like, you know, and I had all these feelings. Well, Nolan's younger than me. If he found someone younger, he could have kids or what's wrong with me that I'm, you know, oh, I'm old, you know, I, you know, my body is like, I started going down the downward spiral of thoughts. It's not just because I do the work doesn't mean I'm immune to the backward spiral. You have to keep doing the work, but I didn't want women to feel alone. I didn't want them to feel less than there are a lot of women who are struggling with infertility and, and maybe having their own child is not in the cards for them. And there are other ways that you can nurture and, and come alive. But it was scary to share because I, at first I felt very powerful outward messaging my age. I had spent many years in this career where right before, and this is why I love Beachbody so much. They're looking for the most qualified, capable people. They, they never, you know, all the other jobs that I was not getting in between the questions people ask me, how many Instagram followers do you have? Well, how, you know, how old are you? And they're, oh, well, you're going to have to pretend to be much younger. And, and, and just like none of it, I'm like, nope, that's, that's not for me. But I never outward messaged my age. I'm like, well, I'll just like not talk about it. Yeah. And then why am I not talking about it? Why is it not an awesome thing that I'm now a woman in my forties, I'm able to have this freaking booty and these yeah. arms. And that is a testament to the physical part of the work. But even yeah. like you say, thank you for the compliments. You know, I, I'm trying to be like the last person in LA to age gracefully and like not do Botox and just do inner <laughs> spiritual light and stuff, you know, facial at home now. But I think, I think so much of that youthfulness is the inner work and the, the healthy movement of the body. But once I started sharing that I'm a woman in my forties, I've gone through this fertility journey. This does not mean my life is over. In fact, I feel like my life is just beginning and getting better and better each year. I had much less stress around turning 40 than I did around turning 30. Right. And sharing that and with your the women you are working with or any woman out there struggling, I didn't want any of them to feel alone or like this somehow ends their femininity. Because I think, you know, even women going through menopause who maybe aren't trying to have kids but are going through that change, or women surviving breast cancer who need mastectomies. You know, there's a lot of things out there that could tempt us into feeling out of our femininity. Like I had those feelings. Am I of no worth? Like I can't reproduce. How am I even like allowed to call myself a woman? Like those were dark moments, right? But but they were moments that were there. And I'm gonna get emotional again, but I thought like 
if I'm having these moments and these feelings and I've done this work and I know that it's not right, you know, even though I'm thinking it, I know in my heart, that's not my truth. How many other women must feel this to the point where they can't function? You know, because I had a couple of weeks where I like did not get out of bed and Nolan would come in and he'd be like, okay, today we're taking a shower. And that's what we're doing today. We're getting out of bed. We're taking a shower the next day. Today we're taking Larkin for a walk. We're going outside. I mean, I was just like, like I said, I let myself feel it, but I, you know, I'm like, how many women must not have a Nolan or not have the work or not have the help or the support. And if I could be that for like one woman, wouldn't it be worth it? But if I could be that for many thousands of women or hundreds of women or to meet and chat with women like you who deal with hundreds and thousands of women, then we can all rise into this idea that being a woman is individual and unique to each of us. And our path in nurturing and motherhood and femininity is unique to each of us. And there's no wrong way. And the doors that close almost always lead to something better than we could have imagined. Because honestly, as much as I would love to have a baby right now, um, I love what I'm doing even more. I feel so fulfilled. And that is the honest truth. Like, I feel like everything unfolded as it's meant to for me. Mm -hmm. And, and that makes me feel good. And I hope that other women struggling with this know that everything's working in your favor one way or the other. Yeah. And you obviously went into this experience with some tools to support your overall wellness and your mindset. And I think any of us who have done work and gathered tools, whether it's therapy or mantras or yoga, or I mean, there's, there's hundreds, right? But it doesn't make you immune from the struggle. It doesn't make you immune from the dark days. You simply have to pull your tools out and practice using them again, right? You simply have to practice what you preach and, and actually use them. When you were going through the fertility treatments and IVF at first, were you finding that you were able to remain quite hopeful or was that part of your struggle? No, I was like ridiculously overconfident because I had a lot of follicles, right? So this is where it gets like more scientific, but I had a ton of follicles producing a ton of eggs. So my doc and you're young, you're, I mean, young, but like, you know, there are women mid forties going through this, you know, so everyone was very positive. There's no reason this wouldn't work. I'm sure we're going to get two. I'm going to have twins. I'm picking out names. I'm thinking all of these things. I'm planning my whole life. So this is like both a blessing and a curse, right? Because I, but I, I think it's the, the way I want to live and it's what I choose when I do something. It's the mindset. If I have the mindset, oh my God, this isn't going to work. Oh my gosh, I'm worried. Stress, 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 not good. But um, I was very hopeful and, and Nolan, you know, I would get upset with him sometimes because he was, he's more even keeled, which yes. is sometimes he's like, what are the statistics here? And we yes. like keep our feet on the ground and like, yeah. And was trying to protect me from, but I think that's partly why the crash for me, when I heard the news, I like, didn't believe it. I'm like, you must have the wrong person's file. Like, no, so there's a mistake. There's a mistake. And he yeah. had to like hug me and until I like burst out into just here, cause it hadn't even occurred to me that it wouldn't work, right? It hadn't occurred to me because I'm, I have really kind of mastered this positivity mindset. And then what you have to master is, okay, give yourself the time, sleep, rest, compassion, repair, but then repurpose. Like I wasn't going to lose hopefulness that there was a calling for me or a purpose for me related to being nurturing, 
creating something of value, whether it's a human child or a program that changes people's lives, I knew I had the capacity to create something. And if it wasn't a child, like and when I let go and said, I'm going to do my own creating, that's when the big opportunity came, the call from Beachbody. And so I think for me, the the worry beforehand wasn't really part of my journey, which which made it both challenging and and good. But, it, you know, it's hard. The hormones are very hard. You get very, I mean, I'm an emotional person anyway. So you can imagine injecting myself four times a night with hormones. Yeah. It's not the best, you know, and everything feels heightened and everything feels deeper. And, and that includes the, the feelings of loss afterwards too. And when you're in that stage as well, I mean, I've heard countless times your body does change and evolve. And so not only are you like, dealing with the fact that this baby's maybe not going to be born in the natural way that you were expecting or that you had envisioned for yourself. Now your body's changing earlier than before, and there's no guarantee that there's going to be a baby involved. And so I I know for many women, that part is really challenging as well. In addition to the hormones, you mentioned that you always sort of maintained this space of love for your body and appreciation and compassion for your body. Was that as simple as the mantras? You know, it's, it's more complicated. I... I didn't even realize really, uh, I had a, a photo shoot for something the day I got the call from Beachbody, which was at the height of, I had just kind of emerged from this. I was just starting to like, kind of get back to movement. It wasn't until I saw the photos they, we did one thing where, and, and it's the picture I put as my before picture, because it's the one that most exemplifies. Like I was like looking over my shoulder. And when I saw these proofs, I was like, oh my God, like I didn't, to me, I just felt, oh, I'm like, oh, my boobs are big. I feel voluptuous and feminine and amazing. And then as soon as I saw the picture, I invited myself into criticism because I was used to seeing myself in pictures and at, you know, where I normally am, which is reasonably fit or when I'm super fit. So it's not as simple as mantras. No, I, I wouldn't say that. I think it was, that, that was a little alarming to me. I'm like, oh, I didn't, this is not how I saw myself. And so then I'm like, but why, why am I going to let that impact my feeling of myself? Right. So I did notice that I wasn't like, I mean, I only wear leggings and stretchy pants. Right. So like you can literally gain 17 pounds and still wear all the same clothes you're wearing before. But so I think the the mantras were a huge part of that. Also realizing kind of the previous work that I'd done leading up to it. But I think the other part of it is also that I was, you know, once I started eating healthy again, and I don't mean perfect, I'm never a perfect eater. I would say I'm 80, 20, 80% of the time. Time. You know, I, I always do water first. This is one of our beach body programs is the to be mindset. And it's about um, intuitive eating. That's pretty yes. much I listen to my body and you can't listen to your body if it's bombarded with sugar and processed foods. You have to cut those out for a little bit to like here, but you know, water first veggies most is what they say. So when I'm hungry, I'll fill up on those things. I eat lean proteins, you know, a lot of healthy fats, which I think is super key for women who want to lose weight and, and be fit is not eliminating fat, which is a huge yeah. mistake most women make. Eating yeah. healthy fats helps your body get rid of stored fat. But once I, you know, 80, 20, and then 20% of the time I have a glass of wine or two, I have Taco Bell, I have uh, I spaghetti bolognese is like my favorite. I make it so it's at least high quality ingredients. But mm. anyway, 80, 20 is a, maybe when I'm filming and I need so much energy, I'm like 90, 10 but once I started kind of cutting out the nightly Ben and Jerry's and the wine, because, you know, I hadn't been drinking for like six months before, and I'm not a big drinker anyway. But when I cut that out and started eating healthy again, 
that sends messages to your brain that you're healthy. So it's just kind of like if you're eating well and moving your body. And like I said, I went slowly. Bar blend is what I, that's all I was doing because I'd gotten the call that day. And then I started at work creating the program. So I didn't lift heavy weights. I didn't go running. I didn't do treadmills. I didn't do weird suits that make you sweat or anything like that. Just (laughs) bar blend. And just like 20 minutes a day. You know, yeah. But I think that that's again cultivating healthy habits. We say a lot in fitness and in life. I think discipline is everything. But you you have to create these healthy habits because no one wakes up every day just dying to work out. But when it's become a part of your routine, like brush, like nobody thinks anymore about brushing your teeth when you wake up and brushing your teeth when you go to sleep. It's just something you've done your whole life, so you do it. And it's an investment in your health and will save you thousands of dollars in root canals, right? So it's the same with fitness. It's the same with body positivity. I wake up, I don't own a scale. I don't look at like numbers of calories burned on devices. I listen to my body and I, I move as I feel. And, but again, this is from like 20 years of, of kind of discipline. So it's yeah. just was easy to get back to, but you all always have to start somewhere. And it's not easy when you start. They say it takes 21 days and some people even say, 30 or 48 days to create a new habit. And the first 21 days or 30 days are going to be very uncomfortable. You're going to say things like, I don't have time. This is hard. My muscles are sore the next day. It's going to be very challenging because you're essentially cultivating a brand new habit. But then day 31 or day 49, you're like, huh, I look forward to moving my body. And I actually enjoy healthy foods. And if I miss it, or if I spend too much time having like all the processed food and all the takeout, I, I don't feel well. Exactly. That's the biggest pain. If you stop worrying about a number on a scale, I mean, when you do that, your body's just resisting you. When you think about, oh, I have more energy. I'm sleeping better. I'm kinder to my husband. I'm more patient with my, that's all things they call it. um, I read a book. It's actually up here called the mood cure, which is amazing because we're in a culture where so many people prescribe, you know, medicines, which is, and a lot of people need them. There's very real issues that people need medication for, of course. But this talks about the food you put in the body, the way you move your body, how it can improve your mood drastically in less than three weeks. Yes. I love that. I'm, I'm all about that. And I, you know, I'm so glad you touched on this piece in regards to the medication and the workout and meal planning and the foods that you're eating, because I think it is so important to note that for some people there is underlying reasons why and anxieties and depression and things where they're going to need that medication in order to allow them to tap into the movement and the food and, and all of these other great tools. But that when we're able to build those habits to support us, it's not about the physical. It's so much more about your mental ability and your capacity and your mental strength and that whole side of things. Elise, you are such a gift to women. Oh my gosh, you are. This is, I feel like we could talk forever. I could talk to you forever. I'm so in awe of everything that you've created, your beautiful mindset. I'm so thankful that you're sharing your vulnerable moments and that it's not all perfect over there because perfection doesn't exist. And when we can just like get real and honest with each other, then I think that's 
and let's enjoy our lives. Like, you know, I feel like a lot of people I think are taught that, that this life is for suffering and you have to constantly make sacrifices. And yes, you have to make sacrifices. Yes. You know, there, there's, there's going to be challenges, but how much you choose to suffer from it versus how much you choose to repurpose and adapt. That's kind of up to us. And I really feel like this life is meant to be enjoyed. And if we stop seeking perfection, we start enjoying the moments because every moment spent in self-criticism is a moment you're robbing yourself and your family of your truth and your joy. Oh, preach it sister. Where can people find you if they would like to know more about you? And of course, I mean, obviously I've got to try bar blend now. I'm yes. dying. I'm like, get me off this interview so I could just try it. You'll love Very- it. There's a free sample workout up. And, and the best way to find me, I'm, I'm the most active on Instagram. So okay. I'm at Elise Joan, which is my name, Elise Joan Fitness. And in my bio there, in my there I have a link tree bio. You, it has um, my friends and family discount to purchase Bar Blend, uh, but it's now included in just a regular Beachbody membership. And the pre and postnatal program is dropping directly to Bot as well, meaning you don't have to purchase it separately. 99 bucks a year, you get everything. Um, and that's unlimited access to all of Beachbody. So, you know, you can do all of my programs on there. Um, so that's a great deal. But all the links are in my Instagram bio and I post every day and I do stories. And if you do do Bar Glenn, like tag me, I'll see your stories. I'll be inspired by your journey. You know, tell your friend Melanie, I said hi and congratulations. And thanks for introducing us so that we could have this conversation. But do find me on Instagram. I engage a lot there. I'd love to have you. I call it, I've been calling it my high vibe tribe, hashtag high vibe tribe, because everyone who's on there and it's just a supportive group of people encouraging one another rather than tearing each other down or being in judgment. And I, I just think we need more of that. I totally agree. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again for joining me. If you are listening to this episode and you enjoyed it, please take a moment to copy the link, send it on over to a friend who could use Elise Jones words of wisdom and her high vibes. You can also screenshot this episode tag at Elise Joan fitness at raw beauty talks tag us. We will regram it. We cannot wait to hear what you thought of this conversation. Thanks again, Elise. Thank you. And don't forget, our friends at Modibody are offering you 15% off for a limited time when you use the code RAWBEAUTY. You can click the link in our show notes and it will take you right to their shop where they offer so many cute styles. Girls, this is the way of the future. Our underwear needs to be working for us and this stuff works. I'm obsessed. Do you ever feel like you're struggling through motherhood? You're not alone. I'm Erica Jossa, host of the MomWell podcast, therapist and mom of three. Join me each Wednesday as I sit down with guests, including psychologists, pediatricians, psychiatrists, fertility specialists, lactation consultants, and more to unravel the myths of motherhood. With expert advice, practical tips, self-love, and some coping skills to help you along the way, you can become the mother you want to be. Listen to the MomWell podcast at momwell.com listen or on your favorite podcast platform.